Our text is the Old Testament reading from Jeremiah 33. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. This is our text. Now that it is actually December, we can claim the arrival of the Christmas season with a little less guilt, a little less embarrassment. Though retailers, it seems, had not the least bit of embarrassment or guilt when they put up their holiday decorations the day after Halloween. Hard economic times require decisive action, I suppose. But now we are in the thick of it. What the ubiquitous song insists is the hap happiest season of all, the most wonderful time of the year. And we know that it is supposed to be true. And there is plenty to like about the season. But sometimes the notion seems to smack more of marketing than of truth. Winter has been slow to come this year here in St. Louis, but though delayed, inevitably and inexorably, along with the holiday season, winter has arrived. And the world around us has descended into its deep slumber. Wherever we look, we see the lifeless limbs, dry stalks, the drab and dead browns and grays. It is the beginning of another dark winter, the beginning of another winter quarter, days with little daylight, but lots of labor. Jeremiah is an easy fit on a day like today. The words of our text are laden with hope and optimism. They sound positively exuberant. In those days, a righteous branch of David will spring forth. He will execute righteousness on the earth. Judah will be saved. Jerusalem dwell in safety. Great stuff. Hap, happy thoughts. The makings of a wonderful season of rejoicing. But not so fast. This is Jeremiah we're talking about. Mr. Weeping Prophet himself. Such cheery thoughts are antithetical to the usual mood of this dark and brooding prophet of woe. Well, the resolution to this seeming contradiction is in the text itself. These happiest days being described by Jeremiah are still coming. They're still in the future. They are only a hope, not a reality. Jeremiah's giddy days of Davidic blessing have yet to arrive. They remain in the realm of those days. In the meantime, well, Jeremiah is living in his reality, a reality that bears little resemblance to the idyllic vision he has just painted with his talk of Yahweh, Dedekah, Jerusalem in safety and justice on earth. Jeremiah's reality is desperate, dreary, doused with despair. Jeremiah's reality is unstoppable Babylon, unrepentant people, unmet expectations, and an unrelenting message of doom from a wrathful God. Not exactly the hap happiest season of all. For Jeremiah, life was not basically pleasant enough with an occasional 
bad day thrown in. No, for Jeremiah, every day was one of those days. They were all consistently dreadful. Small wonder then that Jeremiah was eager to block out the present nightmare and dream, dream instead of better days to come. Of course, the onset of another long winter and the start of another quarter of hard work scarcely approaches the bleak circumstances confronting Jeremiah. But the truth is that our days are not exactly an uninterrupted flow of delight, radiance, and wonder. And it's not just the overinflated and overreported stresses of the season that dampen our own days. Many of us contend with challenges, pain, and weariness that weigh heavily on our hearts that suck the joy of life out of our souls. There are genuine economic pressures, bills that seem to outpace any offsetting income, looming needs with no identifiable means for meeting them. There are health concerns, chronic ailments that steal your zeal, and acute attacks that threaten life itself. And there are relationships, sorrows, regrets, and woes, a marriage that seems to nurture more pain than joy, a child who exhibits a character that is less virtuous than it is demonic, an old friend who has drifted into apostasy and vice, and churning always beneath it all the unrelenting agony of simply trying to conform one's peccator self into the image of Christ. By definition, such tentatio is rife with its own persistent and poignant angst. Advent brings a season of hope and anticipation, yes, that's true, but it is the blue season for good reason. And with Jeremiah, we hold on to hope that is set in the midst of days filled with their own peculiar sort of suffering. Like Jeremiah, you wait. Like Jeremiah, you endure and you wait, longing for the days to come. But living in the reality of now and pushing your way through yet another in a long succession of one of those days. You've got your own share of those, don't you? So there you have it. A tolerable treatment of the text and a satisfying, if totally unsurprising, correspondence between Jeremiah's day and our own. We, ha we both have it tough. We both wait in hope. We both live with discontinuity. We're like Jeremiah, neat and clean, but we're not. Tempting as it is to end it all right here, you see, I just can't do that. The thing is that those distant days that so fired the imagination and the hope of Jeremiah are no longer distant days for you and me. In fact, those days of Jeremiah's hope and longing are now. Those days are this day. They are today. The righteous branch of David's line has come. He did exactly what Jeremiah knew he would do. He executed righteousness and justice on the earth. He came, great David's far greater son, far greater Lord. He came and he delivered the righteousness of God to those caught in the brokenness of this fallen creation. He came and he redeemed Jerusalem. He came and he claimed Judah. He came and he put things back where they belong. 
he came and he fulfilled the plan. Even when the world rose up as one against him, even when the world refused to receive the righteousness that God was delivering, even when sinful humanity, even when we despised and discarded God's righteous branch, even when we executed him, he fulfilled the plan. He endured the guilt, he suffered the wrath, he paid the debt, he justified the creatures, he restored the creation. He did it all. It's a done deal. Jeremiah could only wait and hope. You, you can know and rejoice. It's been done already. Oh, sure, there is still more to come. It's obvious, dreadfully, painfully, disgustingly obvious that the full restoration remains in the yet to come. But you do not wait like Jeremiah. How can you? You're already living right now in those days when righteousness is in action. You're already living in the now when the righteous branch is present, and he is still present, of course. Every day you rise and remember his presence with you in the waters of the font. Sunday after Sunday, you hear again the reality of the forgiveness done now to you, right in the middle of your present reality. Eucharist after Eucharist, you taste the present reality and receive the righteousness receive the righteous branch itself. The days are now. It's one of those days today. You live now in the reality of the promise fulfilled. How can you not live with the joy that completely upends all of the present and passing woes of this life? In the light of Christ, nothing quite looks the same. Jeremiah's world is not your world, and don't you forget it. Straighten up, lift up your heads. It might be Advent, but in truth, it is already one of those days, the days of the Lord, our righteousness. The world then can do its valiant best to muscle up the obligatory, celebratory spirit of the season. And we can watch them try with a mixture of amusement, horror, and sorrow. But you and I, you and I, we live a surpassingly greater reality of a celebration that is not empty hope or wishful dreaming. You live a reality that is flush, that is lavishly running over with the presence of Yahweh Zedekah, the Lord, your righteousness, Jesus, your righteousness. The hap happiest season of all, indeed, more than this world could ever imagine but by God's grace, a reality that you're going to tell them all about. Amen.